episode of Best of Three with your host, Mike, Rob, and our special guest, Frank. That was a creepy frog that just introduced this episode of Best of Three. <laughs> yeah, WB has got to hire that guy back. He's like, he's looking pretty sad. WB reference. Wow. That's right. They're not even that anymore. They're the CW. Yeah, if you're hearing WB references on the radio, you must be listening to Nonproductive's Best of Three. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm oh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So uh, I'm I mean, we need some water now. I'm a little well, freaked out. I'm going to need a shrink. Mike and Rob, you've invited me here to talk about uh, Halloween games on this, the weekend before Halloween. Yeah, that's yeah. what we do. Ooh. All right, so because uh, we we can't do it next week, because then it would be already past Halloween. Yes, that's true. Absolutely, that's why this would be the weekend before Halloween. Yeah. Mm. But uh, all right, uh, I'm curious about what you guys think scary games are. So, do you have like what shoots and ladders? My Little Pony. Actually. My Little Ponies. Friendship is Magic. The the. You uh, mean My Little game? Bronies? My no, Little Bronies. That yeah. is pretty <laughs> terrifying. But what games do you guys have? Uh, what have you offered for uh, for review this week? Rob, why don't you go first? My, what, what, you really want me to go first? Oh, you think you're going to win that much? I think we're going to win this one. All right, we're just okay. going by names. We're just saying names here. I don't what, think it's alphabetical at all. What is the name of your game, Rob? Arkham Horror. That is a great game. He may very well have won. Arkham Horror is an awesome game. So tell us a little bit about Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror is a game about walking around a town to close portals from evil realms controlled by Cthulian gods. That's right. Based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft, uh, the Lord of Macabre. Uh, in this game, I believe you play investigators of various sorts. Yeah. Like, uh, you're, like you have a, a host of investigators you pick, and you go through the various rooms in this New England town and, dis- well, houses and rooms and streets of this streets, New England town. Streets, yeah, you walk the streets. Yeah, Fighting but... monsters, closing portals, and slowly going mad. Yeah. You do or, eventually uh, go mad. Yeah, or end ending up in the hospital. Yeah, that's true. That Maybe. happens a lot. Which happens a lot in Lovecraft stories. You either die or go crazy. Pretty good game uh, overall. Rob, why don't you go next? That was already Rob. I'm sorry. I was looking at you. Uh, what was your name again? Matt? Was it Mike? Is it uh, Matthew? H.G. Wells? Mike, why don't you go next? Uh, my game is called Spooks. Very cool. Um, it's a matching style game. The cards go from... One through ten, and then there's a master card, which is represented by the letter M. And each of the races suits here um, have different meanings that go along with them. This is know. a terrifying game. This wow, is matching. A, a spooky game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't even do that. Uh, wh- what's the deal? Why why would this be a horror game other than the fact that it's called Spooks? Well, it's a horror themed. It's, it's just the theme of it. Oh, what like what are the various suits? Well, you got goblins. You got Spiders, you got bones, they're called, not skeletons, bones. I don't of course, why not? Bats, and uh-huh. then uh, spooks, which are ghosts. I don't know why they don't just call them ghosts. Hmm, they're very cool. Spooks. And then there's a wild card, the black cat. Of course, the black cat. You know. Of course. Very neat. All right, sounds like it could be interesting. My game, since you both asked, is the classic, the new classic, Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Didn't Will Wheaton just do that on a uh, tabletop? We don't know about that show at all. There's a there's a who's that guy from Star Trek is doing shows now? Yeah. All right. Anyways, Betrayal on the House on the Hill is a awesome haunted house adventure game. Basically, you play one of a group of advent- adventurers who go through this creepy house, the House on Haunted Hill. How haunt the House on the Hill. Betrayal on the House on the Hill. It's not Haunted Hill, that's a movie. You you play a bunch of investigators that go through this house, this haunted house on the hill. Uh, the cool thing about the game is it's it's a tile-based 
uh, world. So as you go through the house, you flip over tiles to find out more and more about what's going on. So it's like Munchkin Quest. I don't know that game, so I can't really answer that. How do you not know Munchkin Quest? No, I don't know it. James never introduced you to that? Nope. That's why I said I don't know it. I'm sorry. So as you flip over tiles, you find out more and more about this haunted house you're trapped in. The scenarios are different every time you play, depending on who the players are and what spooky things you uncover randomly throughout the house. Is it a good multiplayer game? It is definitely a great multiplayer game. No, it's single player. You can't play with other people. You well, can't I, I, by multiplayer, cool I mean more than just two people. Yeah, it would be interesting. But no, more players, the better, for reasons we'll get into once we describe their games in uh, the course of our five categories. Who wants to go through our five categories Rob with does, us? Rob does. Rob, do you want to go through our five categories, including complexity, replayability, cost, hacks, and fun? I've already gone insane. I'm sorry. What a jackass. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah he I is. Know he's no, okay. There's okay. nothing else to the rest of that. Complexity, of course, we're going to talk about how complex these games are because that's a big factor in whether or not you're ever going to pick them up and play. Replayability is how much they're worth uh, to you in your game library. Costs is how much it costs to put them in your game library. Hacks are what you can do to make them even more fun, and fun is obviously the the trump card of categories. If a game is fun, even if it fails on almost all the other categories, it shouldn't matter. It's fun. So let's get started. Who wants to go first in the complexity round? I'll go first. With, I'll go first with complexity. The game Spooks is actually relatively complex um, when the first couple times you play it because each of the suits that I was telling you about earlier, they all have their own separate rules about how you can play. Mat- what because ma- it's not all matching. It's not just like I played a diamond, you play a diamond. There's something like right. You know, it's not just uh, um, there's even more in depth rules. Like if you play um, with, uh, I believe it's goblins, you can only play. You, you can't, uh, you can like do only odd numbers or something like that. It's really weird. I don't even remember the rules that much because it's been a while, but it, they're really complicated. And it takes about three times of playing through, you know, without like scoring and stuff like that to figure out how to play the game properly. But after that, the game goes pretty smooth. I mean, I, I've, I've played this game with people who I would not call hardcore gamers. They're very casual gamers and they enjoy this game. So that's pretty cool. I would like to go next for complexity. Betrayal in the House on the Hill is probably the simplest game you can find. In fact, I think I could give you all the rules right now. Let's see if I you can. You do it. You are an adventurer that goes to, or an explorer that goes to the house. You have a bunch of stats on your card. I think there are four stats, and they're little sliders that show you where your stats are. Your stats determine how many dice you roll in any action, uh, whether you're punching something or running away from something or taking steps or, um, you know, trying not to go crazy in various different ways. Uh, as you uncover tiles, there are little symbols on the tiles. The, the, the iconography of this game, I may butcher the way I pronounce it, but it doesn't matter. Let's keep going. Uh, is really cool. So if you see a little spiral, you know to flip over one of the spiral cards. And if you see a little, uh, like, a skull thing, it's an omen card. Or a, a, a raven is an omen card. And then there's an item card. And there's a bunch of different cards. There's a lot of different cards and pieces in this game. But it explains everything in a super simple way. Unlike a certain other game that we have yet to describe its complexity so this, far. This game so far sounds like a game I'd like. There's a lot of cards in it. There's a lot of cards and a lot of pieces, but my point is it's really easy to follow along. And I'm not just saying this. I'm a really dumb guy. I don't like learning how to set up games. That's why I like playing games with people who've played the game a lot before. This game, you don't really even need to play it once before you could just sort of figure it out. Okay, stack these things up and follow the rules. 
flip the card over, read what the card says, it's creepy, and then it tells you what to do. Roll the dice and see if horrible things happen. When the game eventually gets to its climax, and yes, this game does have a climax, when everything is going to hell and the haunted house is revealing haunts oh, hell, after, hey. uh, yeah, omen after omen, and the haunt is revealed, there's a secret book you open up, you figure out which horrible scenario you're going to be playing this game, one person, usually it's one person, leaves the room because they become the betrayer in the game or the traitor in the game, and everybody else has to fight that person. It's awesome and very, very simple. So yeah, I just described how easy this game was. As nuanced as it is, it wasn't really complex, and that's amazing. Not like certain games we're about to hear. Arkham Horror? <laughs> Come oh, on. Yeah, um, what? It's, not, it's not complex as long as you, you know, you're a brain surgeon. As long as you were one of the people who helped build the game. Tell us a little bit about setting up Arkham Horror, please. Well, may, 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 I don't know if I should tell you how to set it up. I mean, I should probably tell you. We should probably skip so through complexity. So why don't you just explain you know, how long it takes? You don't even explain what you have to do. Well, yeah. it, max, it takes like an hour to set up, maybe. You know, an it's, hour to set up, maybe. If you're, How if, long is the gameplay? Is it like two minutes to play the game and you just spend an hour setting it up? Yeah. It takes, it, it, it takes a, I would be lying if I said it was short. It's not It rivals long. Monopoly in length. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe uh, Risk, but. Okay. No. Oh, so tell us a little bit about the game. The game is played in a city and you're walking around the city and you're closing portals and you're investigators. Each investigator has their own special backstory and they've got their little powers and their abilities. Um, and, and each one of those is represented by a little, little prop in the game. Little prop in the game. It's really whatever. cool. You know, yeah, you can is. also get different props for I that. I hear there's a car in this game. There is a card. Car? What is card? happening? Vehicle. Don't Vehicle. interrupt him. Let him finish describing the game. The car is a complete non sequitur. Keep going. <laughs> You're battling in this game to close these portals so that you stop the dark ones from coming in, depending on the depending on the one that you get drawn. So Yeah, and that does kind of change the game. It, it changes some of the fiction in the game, so that's part of the yeah. complexity as well. It also, yeah, it also changes how difficult the game actually gets played. Right. Some, some of them are really simple to beat, and others are just like, we've never beaten them. And mm. I don't think it is possible to beat some of them. Now, right. I remember when I played this, the even like the easiest was we struggled through that one. It was annoying, yeah, it was challenging. I only played it, I've only played this game once myself, and it was very challenging, even just through the first Oh, it was challenging, but the challenge itself was a lot of fun. If, you, if I wasn't challenged by this game, I'd probably be bored out of my mind. But the fact that I was playing the game and I go, oh, this is obnoxious. Like, oh, I, I definitely want to beat the crap out of this guy now. I, I definitely don't want him to I can win. Skip, uh, I, could, I can respect that type of gameplay. But in my experience, I love Arkham Horror and I never want to set it up and play because it's really hard. And for a newbie to try to get new people in, if you don't have a person who's already very knowledge, knowledgeable about it, it's hard to get people in. Involved. But you would be more, so you're saying though, you'd be more willing to play if you went to someone's house and it was already set up. If it was already set up, or at very least it had a person who was like, I'm the professional Arkham Horror, which is why it's kind of fun to play at cons, except for the fact if it's played early in a con, you're like, I'm not in the mood for a horror game. And if it's played late in a con, you're like, I'm not in the mood to stay up till four in the morning. Yeah. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it but i will say that it is a fun kind of complex and the first time i played it somebody actually used like little models for the monsters as opposed yeah. to little cardboard cutout guys and that made it so much you more can cool. buy i know you can yeah, buy, you can uh, buy little tiny plastic they, um, pieces yeah. that represent them can, can i say something there was a on, on kickstarter there was actually is it about the about car 
No, on Kickstarter there was like because the pieces are so big and stuff like that. They actually had on Kickstarter a special way to like uh, thing that you could purchase that was like make it easy to store it. Oh, neat! Very neat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, complexity. I, I don't know. I still don't think Arkham Horror gets it for that one. But this is my opinion, and we'll see what the computer says at the end. All right. Our next category is replayability. I would like to hear Arkham Horror go first because you were just talking about the different gods and how that affects the game. When you choose out the god, you're choosing basically um, who you're battling, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you have a, with a base set, you get a couple. So you could go and buy the expansions to have a lot more to randomly select from. Or you could pick a particular scenario to actually fight. If you haven't beaten this particular one yet, then, you know, sometimes sometimes we'll be like, well, I'm not playing this because this guy's impossible. This guy's right. And it's the Lovecraft greatest hits, both the, yeah. the the monsters you fight throughout the game and the gods you're you're fighting for the big narrative arc. Right. So that and- that that plays into how the game plays out in general is basically selecting which person you're fighting for that particular game that you're playing. The other monsters coming into the game, um, you know, they're not set in stone. The big variable in this game are the gods when you're choosing that. That that brings in the replayability in this game a lot, along with the random monsters that come in and how you choose on closing the portals, because they do pop up in random places around the town. And don't mm-hmm. the uh, portals keep popping up even if you close them? Yeah, they, they keep popping up, and you actually have a timer. And the way you lose the game is if uh, the, the god comes into your world. Right. So when the god comes into your world, you lose. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to close these portals, but you only have a set time to get it done with, essentially, because they keep the t- the the death timer keeps going. Yeah, the countdown keeps going in the game. That's why it doesn't last forever, like Monopoly. Right. It just lasts nearly forever. Nearly forever. Uh, yes. A lot of that has to do though more with the setup, though, mm. and also the who you're playing with. I mean, you're playing with. A bunch of newbies and only one person knows how to play the game. That I, also continue, will help. I also say that the game is kind of interesting in that it ends up feeling like Ocean's Eleven meets the Lovecraft universe, where you're like tag teaming. It's not a competitive game. You work together. No, oh yeah, this is definitely yeah, a co-op. It's a cooperative game, so you guys work together against the monsters of the game. But it's like a fun cooperative. There's some. Well, there's wait, hold on a minute. There's no, no, there are a lot. No, no, but co- well, I'm saying, let me get to it. Uh-huh. Cooperatives have a negative stigma attached to them. I don't think so. I think only for shuttons like you. Yeah, no, I like them. I like them. I was the first person to like cooperative games. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was the first. You to like are them. a lunatic libertarian who doesn't want to work with anybody. I understand your your game. All right, fine. Spooks. What's the um? What's the replayability of that game? Well, this is as replayable as pretty much any card game. You know, hand drawn card game like poker and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. you know, it is replayable. You will continue to play it, and it's fun and enjoyable that way. But it's not replayable where you have different scenarios coming across every time. Which There's, is, I mean, to, uh, Arkham Horror kind of gives you different scenarios yeah. in that you want to fight the different But ultimately, they're the same, on. it seems. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the different, complexity yeah. and some of the flavor text. Right, well, I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that up because Betrayal on the House on the Hill has also a, a unique feel of re- replayability. Uh, there are different scenarios in that game, but the scenarios change the game completely every time it happens so you play the game you uncover parts of the house and the house always looks different every time because it's random tiles right cool fine basically okay and fun and pretty damn unique right there the cool thing is as you start to unveil haunts i'm sorry omens which are like these creepy things that happen and affect the entire house the walls start to bleed and a small child comes in crying for its mother weird like cliches from horror movies Uh, As more and more are revealed, the chances of you unveiling the haunt 
become higher and higher until eventually you get to the point where too many creepy things have happened in the house, the haunt becomes revealed, and then depending on which omen gets revealed in which room, you go to a master book and figure out which of dozens of different scenarios happens. So, for example, one of the scenarios could be Frankenstein's monster. And it'll say the per player who unveiled the haunt, whoever's turn it was that unveiled the haunt, is now possessed by the spirit of Dr. Frankenstein. And uh, he has to control a bunch of zombies, and you'll give him a bunch of, like, zombie tokens or, or reanimated dead tokens. And his goal is to kill the players and take organs from them so he could rebuild his family. That's a scenario I just made up, but I'm that sure it kind of exists in the game. There's the hidden lake where there's a serpent monster underneath the lake, and your goal is to drown one of the uh, ghost child characters that isn't a playable character but can kind of show up in the game, drown her in the lake, or do a bunch of various things. The game scenario changes radically every time you play it. It's so cool. No, I, I've, I've not, I've not actually played this game, but I heard there's like each, there's like fifty scenarios under like the basic, and then mm. from that, like you can like go off onto like things. I imagine there are people who made up their own. Well, we'll get to that in hacks because that is why this game rocks with something as simple as rolling a die. You can change this game so instead of having uh, 50 or 60 scenarios, you can ex exponentially uh, expand it. You could say, all right, when a omen is revealed in this room, and the when the haunt is revealed because an omen happened in this room, and you roll a three, then look at guidebook 7B and figure out the scenario. You and your friends can make up your own scenarios, and these are true hacks. These aren't supplements you have to go out and buy. You and your friends can sit around, make up scenarios, hopefully playtest them so that they're not broken, and add them to the game. Awesome. Would you say this is like a role-playing game that was made into a, a, a board game of sorts, in uh, a way? You can make it that way. I mean, it's a true board game. There's no... You could pick up and play the characters that you've got, but if you don't choose to, you don't really have to. It's really interesting. It, it, you could definitely... It has that feel about it where you feel like you're really invested in what's going on. What kind of hacks does Spooks have? It doesn't. None. Not really. I mean, you can make it, like, simplify it a bit by like making it so like you're not as confusing with the uh, mm. with the rules but that's not really a hack it's more of a way to not just you know, hate the game completely <laughs> what about arkham horror what kind of hacks did you guys make up for arkham horror i gotta say this game it's usually when i make when, when our friends make up hacks together we're usually frustrated at some mechanic in the game that just either slows it down or just makes it completely not not fun to pick up the game ever again so with this one honestly there's nothing that no mechanic that's like broken to the point where we need to actually fix it so i didn't i we've we've never felt the urge to make a hack for this game what about and what about our, setup the setup hack is to have it all set up beforehand by yeah. somebody else <laughs> this is to pay someone to do it before yes. you ever show up to the house <laughs> or to fund the kickstarter where everything is in its own little box so it's easier to set up you just buy a table and like you can ship the table really the do box. you need that spare room you're not going to have yeah. any guests living there just set it up for a permanent landscape permanent game, of arkham yeah. <laughs> and that's fine all right, next category is cost. I think we weirdly all hit around the same mark at 40 bucks. Uh, some of us are out of print, so they go up and down. I think Arkham Harder was originally 65 bucks, right? Uh, originally, yeah, it's around. it was around $65. But I found, like, obviously, I usually mention one place around the world that has some outrageous price for it because they uh -huh. want this game. America wins the highest one, I believe, the, if the uh, exchange rate is correct. Uh, 
we went at 150 because the Australians had it at 140 of their dollars. Right. Well, these are probably mint copies of like out of edition versions. Yeah, right. very good, like but, new. Yeah. But I've seen them for about 40 or 50. Uh, and 65 is probably the high end realistic. It's like a video well, game. Well, with calls. my game, I, I found what spooks because it's no longer in print, apparently. I, I just found that out today myself uh-huh. looking up the price. Um, I bought it for like twenty bucks when I bought it like like two year a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm surprised it's out of print already. Right. And it's now like used on Amazon. I found it for one hundred ninety one dollars. Jeez. All right. Also though, I have found this game as new on Amazon. Maybe I'm just better at searching these things. You're just you better at the internet for about was. forty bucks. Uh, as for Arkham Ho- uh, Betrayal in the House on the Hill. Uh, that it's got its second reprinting. It's got its, a, a new edition coming out. You can't get the original one very easily, and that's probably going for a lot of money online too. But the the new edition is supposed to be really good. It corrects some errata that you would have to print out and correct later um, in the earlier edition, and it goes for around forty bucks. That's pretty reasonable. So yeah, it's not bad. So we're all yeah. pretty much Definitely around the same. Definitely this one, yeah. Yeah. So last category is of course fun. I love my game. I would play it, and I, in fact, we actually had to make up a rule where we we would stop playing it when it wasn't around Halloween because we would play this like during Christmas. We'd play it during 4th of July. It's a horrible time to play during Christmas. It was very, very (laughs) odd. We had to actually put a line and say, stop playing this for a little while. How about yours, Spooks? Uh, My game is very fun. I play it all the time on vacation with my family. It's very pick up and play. I mean, it's a deck of cards. It really is. It is just a deck of cards just with characters and different things about them. Now, with 40,000 decks of cards, Arkham Horror, how fun. 40,000 decks? It's, it's like 16 decks, all right? It's all not right. 40,000. How fun is it? It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun after you get done with the setup. Yeah, if you're a Lovecraft fan, you pretty much can't not own this game. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people I know, like in the Bought same game group, have the each have a copy of the game for no reason. That seems unnecessary. It's very unnecessary. It's annoying when it happens, but it's, uh, you know, it's sort of a collectible, so I get it. Uh, all right, so now it's time for the machine to decide who's going to win. Will it be Steve Jackson Spooks or Fantasy Flights, Arkham Horror, or Avalon Hill's Betrayal on the House on the Hill? And as the machine starts to calculate beep, its beep, votes, beep, it boop. carries the one. Rob made that noise with his beep, mouth, boop. clearly. And the winner is, uh, whose name is next to that? Um, which 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 game won there, Mike? Uh, it says Doctor next to it, and then some other stuff. Uh, no, no. Doctor Feelgood. What? Listen, ignore that. That was that was for best Motley Crue album. Uh, <laughs> what's after that? After the printout? Oh, 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 my mistake. It says Frank. That's right. Betrayal on the House on the Hill. No, no, it I'm says Frankenstein. This is Frankenstein. Shut your mouth. That scenario is beautiful. Of course, Betrayal on the House on the Hill is the best Halloween game ever because it is one of the best games ever. Seriously, it is amazing and it's great. I mean, I, I'll take your word for it, but I've never played it. And I don't think that guy's played it either. I've, I've never played it, but it does it does sound like an, an it interesting game. It kind of sounds like you two are inviting yourself to a session of Betrayal in the House of We the might just show up to your house. Well. With a baseball bat. Why are we That's bringing bats? Far. <laughs> I'm dressing up for we went, Halloween. We went a little much. I'm dressing up for Listen, Halloween. I feel Come very on. uncomfortable now. I think we're going to have to trail off. All right, uh, check us out next week for another exciting episode. No, we're already trailed off. We're gonna, after being threatened, I'm not going to let this show keep going. I was going to just end it there. Yep. Yep. <laughs>